Bread of life sent down from glory. Many things you were on earth, a holy king, a carpenter. You are the living word sent down from glory. Many things. 
Pressing down from glory and many things. Praise the Lord. 
We have heard it said in the very commandments of God, the six commandments to be exact. It tells us, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. This morning I've entitled my message, Thou Shall Not Kill. Father in heaven, it is my prayer that as we continue walking this Christian journey, that you will come near unto us even now, that you will touch each and every one of us. Help us, Lord, to understand that this is a very important command that you have given us, thou shalt not kill. Hide me behind Calvary's cross as we share this morning. We pray these things in the worthy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'd like to ask a question. Can I see all young people in this church, if you are zero to 30, I'm asking you to stand. If you are zero to 30, I'm asking you to stand. I'm stooping. <laughs> zero to 30. Stand. I'd like to, anyone that is 18 and under, please have a seat. 18 and under, take a seat. If you're 18 and under, take a seat. All right, there you go. We have a good idea. Let me see then if you are in your 20s, keep standing. If you're in your 20s, keep standing. All right. I want you to understand that the ones that you see standing here represents a missing generation. Right across our church, from coast to coast, from the west to the east, uh, this, this demographic, this group is missing. And uh, the church right now is doing everything possible to win this group. Amen? This evening, we are going to be having a special AY at 6 p.m. And we want to have all young people, especially this group, we want to have all young people coming out at 6 p.m. We have some critical things to uh, do, and we're going to have a very enjoyable program that is geared to you. And so we want you to come if you're visiting or not. If you know others, we want you to come. We want everyone from 0 to 30 especially be there. Uh, if you have some gray-haired young people, please, you could feel free to join us. Feel free to join us. Please be seated. But I want you to know that we have something very special for you, and we want to encourage you in the Lord. Amen? Now... The Bible tells us, as we come together here in the Word, it tells us that in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 20, verse 13, it gives us these four words, thou shalt not kill. 
If you actually break it down and understand the meaning of this, it's telling us, thou shalt not commit murder. Thou shalt not murder. And uh, this is one of the commandments, I have to say, that is, um, um, is greatly misunderstood. Uh, because we have uh, an idea of what killing or what committing murder is all about. But uh, today we want to really take a, a, a closer look at this commandment. It's important for God's people, as I often say, if we don't understand something, we tend to abuse it. And so as we look at this commandment, we see the that this is, this, is, this is something that is, if, if you love your fellow man or your fellow woman, you are not going to kill them. Am I right? But I want you to know that every single day we participate in killing others. Uh, let, me, let me zoom in a little bit and to say that every Sabbath, every Sabbath, we find ourselves sometimes um, not knowingly, but killing, assassinating one another. I want to thank God for the message of last week that talks about the whole idea of reconnecting with God, Elder Brown. The, um, without a right connection with God, uh, we find ourselves doing some crazy things. We find ourselves walking in wrong directions, in wrong crowds, and even within the church, we find ourselves doing things that we ought not to do. It is my appeal that we align ourselves to the counsel of the word of God. Praise God. We just sung or heard the, the song, the youth choir did an amazing um, um, rendition of the song, You Are the Living Word. And we, we, we know that God's, his desire is to have that living word, his word, living out his life in us, that we will truly make a difference in all those that we meet. And so as we come today, we want to look a little closely at this commandments. Um, we understand that you know, the idea of killing is not necessarily a physical act. Killing, before one is killed, it is it's something that is conceived in the mind. It is something that is conceived in the thoughts. And then it is brought out sometimes in word. And then after the action is taken, takes place. And so we are called not to kill. And we see here in the book of James, chapter 2, we find a very interesting um, word here where James is talking and he is, he is telling us, you know, that everything is connected. The whole law is connected. And in James chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law. How many of us desire to keep the whole law? Let me see both your hands. Right? We desire to keep the whole law. Anybody, whosoever shall keep the whole law, but yet offend in one point, is guilty of them all. 
is guilty of them all. And so if we break one, we break them all. If we lie, we're killing. If we commit adultery, we come back to killing. If we break the Sabbath, yes, it comes right back. If you take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, it comes right back. Every single one of these commandments, they are connected. And I want you to understand, uh, visiting friends, that these are the very transcripts of God's character. The Ten Commandments found in the book of Exodus chapter 20. Uh, this is the law for God's people throughout all ages. And it has never been changed, including the Sabbath. And so what we understand is that James is bringing this out. If you offend in one point, you are guilty of them all. But I like what James uh, goes on and, uh, to say in the book of James chapter 1 verse 26. James is uh, this man, a straight shooter, and he talks about uh, a lot about our speech. Uh, James is a man of few words, but what he has to say is well-meaning. In James chapter 1 verse 26, it says, if any man, if any man among you seems to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. I don't know if you understand the word, but every I'm reading this, and every time I read it, I get a, a, this, this, this tremble in my heart. Right? If any man among you seems to be religious, you look religious, and bridle not his, or let me add her tongue as well, but deceiveth his or her own heart, this man or this woman's religion is in vain. The Bible says if you cannot tame your tongue, if you cannot bridle your tongue, your religion is in vain. And you call yourself a Christian. Your religion is in vain. Have you ever uh, come across someone that they just can't hold their tongue? Every little thing, you whisper in one ear, you know, hold this secret. And before long, your secret is all over Facebook. It is all over Twitter. It is on YouTube, you know. Uh, it is as if that person becomes the, the abundant life anchor person and they go in front of the church and says, this is so-and-so reporting from the abundant life Seventh-day Adventist church. It has just been declared that, and they tell your secret, and it's everywhere. If a man cannot, a woman cannot bridle the tongue, watch out. Watch out for those chatty, chatty persons. But James, he goes on, and in James chapter 3, the, he describes the tongue. That little thing that's in your mouth, that tongue. It's good to have a tongue. Without it, you cannot taste. Right? Without it, you cannot talk. Amen? Amen? Without it, you can't keep your mouth as moist as it should be. But some of us, I think, we could do without it. 
In the book of James chapter 3, verse 5, it tells us, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth the tongue. This tongue. He goes on in verse 6 and he says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among other members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire, on fire of hell. The tongue. This very little small instrument that we have, the tongue, dangerous. In verse 8, it says, but the tongue, the tongue can no man tame. No man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. The tongue. Watch out for the tongue. I have to pray very often for my tongue. I am guilty too. And so as we look at this, we see that this very tongue, this very tongue is guilty of committing a lot of murders. This tongue has killed and assassinated people's character. This tongue has caused disturbances and families to break up. This tongue has called church causes churches to break up. This tongue has killed many individuals. Now the Bible gives us counsel. It is the living word. And it gives us many, lots of counsel, praise God, how to deal with things, different situations and so forth. And one of the things that we have to understand is that our Savior Jesus Christ, he was a man that studied people and he understood things. Jesus was an observant Savior. And in the book of John chapter 2, verse 23 and 25, we see here uh, John is writing of this. And John was the, the youngest disciple. He was observing certain characteristics of Jesus. And John wrote this in John chapter 2, verse 23 and 25. It says, Now when he, Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover, the feast day, many believed on his name. And when they saw the miracles that he did, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And in verse 25, it says, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Jesus knew and understood what was in man. He knew the makeup of man. He knew, he studied, he was the creator of the universe. But Jesus, in human form, he knew what was in man. He depended on the Holy Spirit, and he would see the intents of man's heart. He had the gift of discernment, 
and he looked and he knew what was in man. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10, we see something here. It tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, and I, I the Lord search the heart and I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. This is the heart and Jesus understood the heart of man. He understood the nature of man. He knew man. And so in observing man, God knew it all. But one of the things that often as a pastor, as a member of the church, as a human being that I have discovered is there are certain things that really comes against us. As Christians, sometimes we blunder with conflicts. A conflict comes up and we blunder it. And according to the way we deal with the conflict, sometimes people die right before us. In the book of Matthew chapter 18, we see an outline of how we deal with conflicts. And I want to put certain things down and lay certain principles down, and I want the church to understand. There are times that people come to me and they tell me something about somebody. That you know sister so-and-so is doing that or brother so-and-so is doing that. And there is a practice that I have prayed to do, to have in my, in my ministry, in my life all this time, is that I, I say, brother, what you are telling me, are you willing to tell me this in front of that person? Are you willing, are you willing to let us have a seat? I will provide another seat and the three of us could sit down and you could tell me this in front of this person. You see, it's very important for us to understand. You know, the devil, he's all about breaking up churches. He's all about breaking up families. And he is truly the accuser of the brethren, as we see in the book of Revelation chapter 12. He accuses the brethren. He tries to cause dissension. Remember, he is a snake. And he has the snake-like qualities. He likes to creep in and plant seeds of doubt and discord. And when he leaves, the whole church is destroyed. But there is a way for us to stand up against it. We have to show straight transparency. And if someone comes to you and says so-and-so about this person, say, brother, I thank you very much for your zeal. Let us go and speak to that person together. Time and time I would try this and, and individuals were buckless. Oh, well, pastor, um, well, I, I, I really don't, I, you, you know, and they, and they try to backpedal and sometimes they just leave. But I want to put out that warning. If, if you are one of those that want to come and tell me something about somebody, uh, you better have come with uh, prayer and fasting because I will ask you, and I will take you by the arm. If you want me to help you, I'll even lift you there too. 
If you need a wheelchair, I'll get that. I'll provide for that. I'll wheel you to that person. I'll drive you to that person. Uh, because we got to work in a way to defeat the devil. One of the things when the devil comes with his lies and his deception, and if we are not prepared, we could be carried away. And when we form certain word pictures about somebody, immediately you, you think of that person now in an evil way. Can you believe that, brother? I, and immediately, if you internalize this, someone tells you something about somebody, and you just keep it to yourself, and every time you see that person, you see them in this light, it's important for us to confront to confront and deal with it. As a church, God demands this of us. And the more we can do this, it may be a hard, it may seem very hard, but I, I guarantee you, if we practice this, a lot of love will come because we are straight up, straight up with people. In the book of Matthew chapter 18, in the book of Matthew chapter 18, we see a very interesting topic. I, I forgot to bring my illustration here. But in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18 is a very interesting chapter. It opens up it opens up in this where it, it tells us how think ye, 18 verse 12, how think ye if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is gone astray and doth he not leave the ninety and nine and go into the mountains and seek that which had gone astray? If a man had all these sheep and one of them had gone astray, one of them had gone astray. We don't know why that sheep went astray, but it's missing. That's all we know. The sheep is not there, it's missing. And it's gone astray. And this shepherd that has been caring for the sheep all their lives, he observes and notices that his sheep is gone. You see, any good shepherd has a relationship with all his sheep. Every good shepherd has a relationship. He knows his sheep. He knows their tendencies. He knows their likes and dislikes. A good shepherd, the best shepherd, knows his sheep. And so this man, he recognizes that his sheep is gone. This one sheep is gone. And so he makes sure that the others are secure. And he goes into the mountains and he seeks for his sheep. When one of our sheep is missing, do we go and look for it? But some of us, we don't, we don't take this, and you, we, you, maybe you see where I'm going with this, but let, let's read on. We see here in verse 13, and it says, and if so be that he findeth it, 
truly or verily I say unto you, he rejoiced more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. You see, the others are okay. The others are secure. Uh, but this lost sheep has a tendency to wander. This lost sheep has a tendency not to follow the rules. This lost sheep has a tendency just to do its own thing and what have you and get itself lost. And so here this man rejoiced that his sheep came back. But check it out in verse 14. Even so, it is not the will of or your father which is in heaven that one of the little ones should perish. Now, moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, it tells us, go and tell him his faults. Go and tell him his faults. Does it say that you should go and, and, and tell, put his faults on Facebook? Uh, does it say that, you know, you should go and just do a blast, a text blast of his faults? It says, go and tell him his faults, right? Between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother or a sister. That's number one, phase number one. Now, if this does not work, and sometimes it doesn't, sometimes you step down and you, you, you see something with a brother and says, your brother, you know something? I, you know, I've been praying and I've observed this about you. You know, let, let's, let's pray about this in private. And many times we go and tell the brother and the brother say, what? Who you think you is? You think you're more religious than me? And all of a sudden, a fight breaks out, right? And, and there's this confrontation and all of these things, and, and the brother is angry because you pointed out his faults. And you, you, you approached him, and you did it the right way. And the brother is angry. And a fight breaks out. And this brother, he, he just can't stand it because you think you're more religious than me, Pastor? You think that this and that and what? And it blows up. But Matthew 18 tells us even further that if you were unsuccessful in this, it tells you what you should do further. And we see here that it tells us in verse 16, it says, but if he will not hear, if he will not hear, then take with thee one or two. Take one or two, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And so here it is. It's not working. And so we got to take one or two. And so, brother, I need your help here. You know, uh, there's a situation here. I'm not going to tell you about it, but I just want you as a witness. Can you come with me, brother? Come, come, brothers, come. Uh, we need to talk to this brother here. Come. 
And so, you know, brother, let's, let's, in fact, let's pray. Father, please, we pray for wisdom. We pray for wisdom. We are about to deal with a situation, Lord. Please, just give us wisdom. And we come. Brother? Hey, brother. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry again. You know, I know last time it was really rough. I know last time, and I think you misunderstood me, brother. And what I'm telling you is this. I just observe this, and I love you, brother. I want to see you in the kingdom of God, right? Please. And I know maybe I may have said it in the wrong way, and I didn't really mean any harm. Brother, please. You know, uh, these are two devout men, right? In fact, this is your brother, right? And this is an elder here. But I'm asking you, please, if I have done anything, please forgive me, right? I'm at <laughs> well, well, right, right, brother. I, I'm just asking, please, if you can just understand with this problem, I, I just want the best for you, and this is what I have observed, right? Please, can you accept this, brother? Oh, thank you, brother. Let us pray together, right? Now, and, and we pray together, we pull together, right? And as a result of this, we put it before the Lord. What happens? We have gained. We have, we have all come closer together. And we gained a brother. But sometimes that goes wrong. And he comes and karate's all of us, right? And takes us out. And he says, hey, listen, I'm even offended that you went and spread my business before everyone else. I said, brother, I didn't spread your business. I just brought them as a witness here. And I explained, right? And we have taken a vow not to spread your business. We don't want to bring it to the whole church or the whole community. But brother, it needs to be resolved, right? And so sometimes that doesn't even work. And so... Verse 17, and if he neglects, if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglects to hear the church, let him be, let him be unto them as an heathen man and a publican. And so we bring the matter to the church. And how do we bring the matter to the church? We bring the matter to the church and we say, you know, church, um, this is a very hard situation that we're dealing with. Uh, I have brought this to the brother, myself. I have followed the principles of Matthew chapter 18. And I have brought even other devout men to be my witness. And they're my witness. Are you witness that I tried my best brothers? but it is not resolved. And really, we want to have this resolved because we know that we have a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Amen. And so please, uh, I, there's a matter that I'm bringing before, but church, I'm asking you to pray for this. Now, please, brother, I'm presenting it to the church, and I love you very much. Church, this is the matter. Brother, please, can you accept my forgiveness? Can you accept what I'm saying, please, brother, is it all right? And I, ex oh, praise the Lord, it's okay. And as a church, we could embrace, we could pray, and we could encourage. We have gained a brother. 
But often what happens in a situation is that it, there is a breakdown and we will even, sometimes we take the matter to the church and we say, this brother, he's an evil man. And so we bring up all the, his stuff to put him outside the church. But what we are talking about, we're talking about a lost sheep. We're talking about a sheep that is lost and this man needs to be found. And he doesn't know he's lost. Sometimes we get ourselves caught up in so many things and this man is lost but he doesn't know it. And instead of uh, helping this man, what we try to do now, we try to kill him. We set up an assassination attempt to wipe this man out. Thou shalt not kill. We kill. Sometimes unknowingly. We do this in our families. We do this in our church. We do this in our jobs. When God wants us to be peacemakers, he wants us to be individuals that comes in a meek and a humble spirit to help each other into the kingdom of God. Amen? And church, why I'm saying this and I'm breaking it down to be very practical and real, I want to set this out straight. As a church, this is the practice this is the character or this is the 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 means that we want to establish to deal with issues in the church and believe you me issues will come up in the church new members that came into the church i want you to know you are coming into a hospital it is not no perfect people in the church you're going to have people that will look at you strangely. You're going to have people when you step on their toes, they will swipe back at you. And you got to be prepared. What I'm saying is that this church truly is a hospital. It is a hospital. And as we come into this, God is asking us and showing us how we should deal with certain things, deal with issues and so forth. The Bible goes on and tells us that there are certain things, whatever is bound on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And God is watching the way we behave right now on earth will determine what kind of heaven you will get to, if you get there at all, right? And what I'm talking about, whatever is loose on earth, if you are someone that holds animosity and all of these things just piling up on you, unfortunately, it will affect you getting to heaven or us getting to heaven. God is, he is pulling us together and he wants us truly, he wants us to understand what this atmosphere that he's trying to create, a, an atmosphere of concession and so forth. He does not want us to be walking around murdering people. He wants us to love people. I remember a certain mentor of mine. He came pastoring a church, and they thought that this pastor had this lofty ambition. He wanted to get to the conference office, and he, they thought that he had everything set up. And so he came to this church, and all these people start spreading gossip on, on this man. And I learned from an early age, confront the situation. 
And I went in, I said, you know, pastor, I heard these things that you have all these lofty ambitions and you're just using us, right? And I said, you know, pastor, I'd like, you to, I'd like to meet with you with some of these individuals. And we met and we prayed and so forth. And I never forget that what this pastor says, he said that his aim, it doesn't matter if those people that's uh, setting themselves up against you, he says his aim is to love people to death. Love them to death. And so even when they are persecuting you, love them. Even so, and I have witnessed over the years some of the very same people that was saying all of these things against this pastor when they were in their time of need pressing a dying pillow, who was there for them? The very same pastor holding their hands, praying for them. Who did their funerals? The very same pastor. What I'm saying is that as a people, we got to understand. We got to stop the character assassinations. We got to stop the killing of each other. We got to stop putting down each other. If we should hear something about this brother, approach him, talk to him, resolve that. The more we do this is the more Satan will have less room to work. And as a church, we could move on by the grace and the power of God. Amen? Amen. And so church, it's a simple message. Thou shall not kill. We should love one another. Find ways for loving one another. And let the love of God unfold. My friend, junior folks that died two weeks ago, I went to his funeral. And this guy was as real as you could get it. And his aim was to show love. To show love. And Junior was a guy that was like that. I remember he was one of her elders. And he always had, he was the elder that laughed the fastest. But he was an elder that cried the fastest. And whenever he saw things like that, he would just break down and try to pull us together. Church, we got to understand, every single one of us within the hearing of my voice right now, we desire to live, don't we? Don't we want to live? We want to live. And so there might be people in this place right now, family members, church members, that we are, have odds against. And you have not been talking to this person. Do you think that we will step even into the kingdom of God with this attitude? Thank God you came to church today and you made it alive. But God wants us truly to love one another. He doesn't want us to be beating down people and killing them and all of that in, with our words. God is love. And that's what he wants. And so church, I'm standing today because I want to make a pledge. 
if you say something about me that I don't like I'll be coming to you and if I say something about you that you don't like please come to me we gotta show love we gotta break down these walls that Satan has trying to be setting up to keep us separate we gotta come together in love amen and that was the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17 that we should all be one amen and so families my family I want to appeal to you God is calling us to make a difference at this in this corner of Doolittle and J Street he is calling us in this, in, in this whole city. He is calling us to stand. And I believe if a few hundred people can stand and say, Enough! The devil is not going to be playing Russian roulette with my soul. I am giving my life to Christ. I am standing because I am saying I want the love of God to emanate through me. I want God to be real in my life. I'm not going to be in this gossiping nonsense, cutting people down. I want to stand. I want to say, listen, God, use me. If this is your desire, I'm asking you to stand with me. I'm asking you to stand with me. You know... God is so good because I even believe that there are individuals today you came to church and you came to church with a heavy heart you came to church and you may have aught against a brother or a sister but you want to say listen I want to have full deliverance I want to be free I want to be free I want God to perform the work that he has begun in me. I want him to perform it. And I'm surrendering it all. If you have that desire, you want to have special prayer for that, I'm inviting you to come to the front. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for God's anointing upon your life. That whatever we hold on, whatever we're holding from on, we will just let it go. And allow God to do what he can do best. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm asking you to just come over here to this section. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for God's anointing. We have a heaven to gain. We have a heaven to gain. We don't want to be playing around with the, in the devil's playground. We want to just allow God to do his work. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. You have heard the words of God and this is within the fold here. But you want to say Lord I want to even take an extra step. I want to be prayed for and I want 
Lord, to surrender my life completely over to you. You may have been hobbling and wobbling with your with Christianity not sure if you're giving your life fully to God and so but today you want to say listen I'm giving my life fully to God today 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 September the 14th 2013 I'm surrendering my life to God and if this is your desire our Bible workers are here we want to give you a card and we're asking you, please, we're asking you to raise your hand. We want to give you a card and we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for God's anointing to be upon your life. And you want to say, listen, Lord, I surrender. I'm giving you my all. I'm giving you my life. If this is your desire, I'm please asking you to raise your hand. I'm asking you to raise your hand. We're going to give you a card. We want to pray for God's deliverance upon your life, church. God is calling you out of darkness, praise God, into his marvelous light. We want to pray. Let us bow our heads as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for all your goodness you are truly a patient God and Lord we need you to survive we can't do without you father I pray father for your divine anointing to be up on your church up on your people Lord as uh, these individuals have come to the front Lord I pray father that you will please bless them I pray that your anointing will be upon their lives. Help them, Lord. Whatever that uh, we have been holding on, Lord, help them to let it go and to let God take control of their lives. Perhaps someone is listening on the air. I pray, Father, that you will help them to make the right decision. They could send an email to our website. We'll be so happy to pray with them and for them. But Lord, more than anything else, we pray, Father, that any stumbling block that is in the way, remove it. That one day we will see you. We will see you standing on the sea of glass. And we will be praising you with all the other redeemed throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Bless and keep us now, we pray, in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God, everyone. Amen. 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 Brother Gordon. You're set. Amen. 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 We want to thank you for coming to Abundant Life. Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, we are so happy to have Dr. Rock back home. <laughs> I know he's a... <laughs> amen, amen. And uh, we know that God has great things in store for us. 
Um, at this time, we are just we just have one little um, piece of business 